Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, always ready to share my opinion. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some make it big. And some are podcasts of the year. This week, we'll be reviewing The Jordan Harbinger Show. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. All right. So we've got Apple Podcast of the Year 2018, The Jordan Harbinger Show. Yeah, we seem to be doing a lot of these mainstream men (laughs) looking for guys to give them advice. Where do we keep... Why do we keep doing these ones? Basically, we're trying to learn from the best. And Jordan Harbinger has been very successful at this, right? I guess there's- 15 million downloads a month. I feel like there's- Clearly, the audience for Jordan Harbinger is not- Their needs are not being met elsewhere. By Joe Rogan? Well, yes, they're being met by Joe Rogan. And they're being (laughs) met by the My First Million guys. I think, you know, some of them are looking there- and there are many like this. All right. So but you, you think this is really a predominantly male audience for Jordan Harbinger? I do. And I want and to say that, that because of his start. If we go back to the beginning of, of Jordan Harbinger, where he did a, like a pickup type program and built an audience of young men that were interested in that particular thing. And then he took that audience from that podcast moved it to his serious radio show, and now we see this most recent incarnation of what it is. So yeah, he's, evolved, I, he's evolved quite a bit. But yeah, so his his start back in 2006 was called The Pickup Podcast, and his business was called The Art of Charm. So this was really all about meeting women and establishing relationships. Yeah, and I think he did it in a decent way. I don't think he was trying – I know you can maybe spin this in a, in a negative way, but yeah. I think he was truly you know, trying to find a relationship for himself. This is a young man coming out of university. Obviously, he had a high degree of um, academic credential, having gone to the University of Michigan Law School. So he's a smart guy, but I wouldn't say Jordan Harbinger was necessarily the greatest looking of guys, but he was relatable. And he was able to pick up an audience and he was able to do something with it. So, you know, I think we've seen this before. It's find your audience yeah. and then utilize that into your making whatever you need to, to build. And Well, clearly one advice. of the things he has done very well, not only is he all about relationships, and so he has done an incredible job of finding guests and getting guests on his show. And he talks actually quite a bit about that, that his ability to get these people as guests is because he you know, really works this networking and relationship thing. That he he does this true. He um, did he did this networking thing was also a big thing in his early days. How do you network and how do you find people? It's often very difficult to find episodes, early episodes of somebody, especially on Apple, because you have to go see more, see you know, more, 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 more. Like it's <laughs> yep, ridiculous, yep. right? So if you want to go back to the early ones, the only option really is to have a really good website that does that. But it only goes back to 2018, the Jordan Harbinger show, to try and find something before that because it was, well, it was the Pickup Podcast. Then it was something called 
Game On from 2010 to 2018 when he split off from his previous partners right. and, and launched the Jordan Harbinger show, which, by the way, because we often talk about titles and the choices there, I know – well, I, I don't know. I don't like it when somebody names their show after themselves. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to build your brand, I don't think it's a bad way to go. I know, obviously, we chose not to do it. We decided to come up with an idiom and build around that. You can control, you can own that. You can own the idiom or you can own your name. I think once he'd already established himself as a known commodity, boy, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. I guess I just, I prefer you know, the idiom or a, a really short name and then like with Jordan Harbinger. Yeah. Right. So if he'd come up with something catchy, clever, an idiom, yeah. and then tagged his name to it, I think you accomplish the same thing of that personal branding and people associate the show with you without it being so kind of self serving. I want to be famous. This yeah. is me. This is my show, the Jordan Harbinger show. Now, certainly. Really famous people, Oprah, others have gotten away with this. My show just needs to have my name on it. Everybody's going to come because they want to listen to me, the Joe Rogan experience, right? Um, there's people who get away with it because they're famous enough. But but I don't know. In 2018, was Jordan Harbinger <laughs> famous enough? Maybe not, He's but not I think he had, you know, name. I think he had, he was looking out for the future. I think he knew that he was going to be a star. Yeah. So one of the things I really like that he does is if you go to his podcast website and you go to the starter packs section, yeah. he has grouped, and I've never seen, we've, I haven't seen this never done seen in, this. in any other podcast, but he groups all of his podcasts into these packages, what he calls starter packs. Yep. And so if areas you, of interest, areas of interest. And this is, I think it may have been difficult for him to come up with something because it's not, an, it's not an interview show per se. Yes, he interviews hmm. a lot of people. What he's really got is different interests that are really poor yeah. to his audience. You know? Yeah. And these include things like disinformation, abnormal psychology, revolution, China, communication, civil law enforcement, cult scams and conspiracies. So these are the groups of things that he packages together. Yeah. And if you are interested in those, you can you can say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go and look at that. And I think it's great. And like, I don't yeah. think I've seen anything like this. So one of the things I thought was was interesting, and, and, I, and I do want to draw this kind of comparison between him and Joe Rogan, because as I listen to him, and we're going to talk about a specific episode here in a minute, but I almost immediately thought this is like Joe Rogan without the weed and the f bombs, <laughs> right? And although you're he, right, I think I liked it because of that. Yeah. So he he does hit some controversial stuff, yep. but he really tries to stay away from the tin hat crazy conspiracy theories. True. Now you say that, but I I think there was one what it was called the flat Earth theory. Is that true? Oh, that was um, his interview with Shaquille O'Neal. And so, and and yes, I will admit that one caught my eye because it was in the title, right? Shaquille O'Neal, you know, got to see him, you know, that one anyway, yeah. right? You want to listen to that. But in the title, it mentions the flat earth theory, which if you're not familiar with it, right, <laughs> there really is a group out there promoting a conspiracy theory, a tin hat crazy, batshit crazy idea that the world is actually flat. And I didn't listen to the episode, I did go pull the full transcripts, which are available on his website, which I love. 
And so I searched for flat and found the section where they talk about that. And in this episode, it's a joke. Yeah. Apparently, Shaq at some point had commented about um, things being so flat, and it was about driving around in Florida. Of course, he you know he lives in Florida. He, he played for the Orlando Magic. I was a big Shaq fan back in the day uh, when I was in Florida and he was there. But somebody had gone out and put something in the media about Shaq supporting the flat earth theory because he'd made some comment about Florida being so flat. And it was just a joke and they dismissed it. But I was actually a little disappointed because I thought this would be right in Harbinger's crosshairs as a – you know, kind of a scam kind of thing, right? In the the psychology of this, right? How is it that people can promote such a completely crazy theory out there? And there's people who buy into it, yeah. right? There are people who now believe the world is flat because somebody started talking about it, and they're convincing. Uh, I actually looked this up at one point because it was mentioned to me that there was this new conspiracy theory out there that the world is actually flat. And I thought, this is so insane. I got to go look at this. And it's really, really interesting from a psychology perspective. And I thought, you know, Jordan would like this debate, but he just dismissed it basically. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, this was just a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Shaq does not believe the world is flat. And, you know, moved on to other things. So he does try to avoid the really, really crazy ones. But I bet Joe Rogan has done an episode (laughs) about this. And and Joe probably sat there, you know, token some weed and taking it really seriously. Like, oh, is it possible that the world's actually flat, man? I think it is hard to pull off (laughs) these conspiracy types of podcasts because obviously you want people to come on. So you you can't debunk or you can't, you know, put your nose up at every, yeah. sing, every single person that comes on your podcast yeah. um, because you want more people to come on and, and discuss it, especially if you think your expertise is the psychology of whatever this happens to be conspiracies. But on yeah. the other hand, you also need to critically look at it. I think I will maybe try and listen to some of the conspiracy theory ones because I, I think yeah. it's a hard one. If you if you truly believe in this and you want to go down this route, I think it's hard to, to sort of discuss yeah. With that course sort of balance. So yep, yep. Um, my um, guess is that Jordan yep. does a pretty good job. And I'll make a point too about the the use of the titles. He put flat earth theory in the title of that episode, even though it was oh, really it was only like 30 seconds out of the episode for Shaq to dismiss it and laugh it off as a joke. But by putting it in the title, it got my attention. I went, oh, is he really gonna go present or debunk flat earth? Earth theory here. Uh, I want to hear that discussion. Yeah. So he does a really good job at times, not all the time, but there's some really good titles. And we both picked an episode here that that also I thought had an interesting title. So the one we're going to review today is Winston Sturzel. Don't lose your bacon in a pig <laughs> butchering scandal. That's the title, right? Don't lose your bacon in a pig butchering scandal. You're right. I think they oversold this one. And I, I agree. Spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with pigs. <laughs> but it did make sense once I had listened to it. But it you're right. It, the, the title caught me. And you're absolutely right. If you can come up with a decent title that grabs you, even though it, I was kind of a letdown, I think, when you figured out what <laughs> right. the pig slaughtering thing was all about. Right. So and just for our audience, so what that is, is um, it's a long place scam. And the 
the analogy here is that so somebody befriends you and then they they soften you up yeah. over a, an extended period of time, could be weeks, could be months even, before they bring you in for the kill, yeah. which is to scam you out of your money. But the, the analogy here, and apparently this comes out of a kind of a Chinese – idiom or something, right, right, that uh, you're fattening the pig before the slaughter. So that's why, you know, don't lose your bacon to a pig butchering scandal is the way that they kind of made this interesting. But it was also interesting to me because there was a couple of links for me to this, right? I, I, I got it almost immediately. So first of all, it's been in the news here in Hong Kong about some Hong Kong folks who got lured to Cambodia on the promise of these jobs. And it turned out that they were actually these illegal operations. These companies running these scams would recruit these folks because they can speak English, attractive young males or females. And then they basically, it's like entrapment, yeah. they get them there and then they're working in these just you know horrible conditions and they can't get out. They've taken their passports and stuff from them and they're kind of stuck there and reaching out for help and several of them have been rescued yeah. uh, from doing this. But what they're doing is they're in these call centers and they're reaching out to foreigners trying to befriend them, sometimes with mistaken text messages, apparently, right? So you get this text message that's clearly not for you. But if you respond, then they start a dialogue with you and try to engage with you. But we've also seen this, the same tactic on LinkedIn. So we went through this period on LinkedIn recently. Yeah, about a, two months ago, this was this Yeah, was I was constantly, constantly getting, getting these. invites to connect. With these attractive young women, usually in Singapore. Yeah, they all went to MIT and had uh, <laughs> master's degrees. Right, from, right. Yeah. So this was the other interesting thing I thought on this particular scam was that this wasn't somebody who's scamming you like out of need, right? I'm going to befriend you. And then once you like me and you feel sorry for me, you'll send me a few dollars, right? And I, I got to do this many, 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 many times to get a few dollars out of everybody. No, this was the opposite. This is somebody who pretends to be highly successful jet setter. I'm flying all over the world. I'm sending you pictures from Monaco or, you know, wherever I'm traveling and enjoying the great life on my yacht. And you start asking, well, you know, where's your wealth coming from? And they basically lead you down this path into crypto investing saying, oh, I've been making a killing in crypto and I can show you how to do this, right? This isn't me asking you for anything. I'm offering to help you. But you establish that relationship, that rapport first, and then you take them by the nose and you lead them down this path. And apparently very sophisticated scam. They have these websites set up. You actually get an account on a real Right. Crypto platform service. service, And then they get you to redirect funds to this other website where they're doing this trading, right? Kind of day trading thing in cryptocurrencies. But really, all they've done is gotten you to transfer your your money to them. Growing up in Canada, I must admit, I I don't recall this idea that I'm, you got to watch out because you're going to be scammed. But when you move to Asia, I I think this idea of being tricked is much more upfront. You know, I think it's a more relevant thing than it was ever in my life. You know, he positioned this as sort of a PSA type of podcast. He's done multiple. Right. I mean, I like the introduction. So he's trying to get people to be new thinkers. He understands how to connect to his audience. The intro that he does, I, I really liked. 
Welcome to the show. I'm Jordan Harbinger. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the world's most fascinating people. Each episode turns our guests' wisdom into practical advice that you can use to build a deeper understanding of how the world works and become a better thinker. Even Jordan Harbinger, he's at 700, 700 and something. Even if you've, you've listened to it a thousand times, you get it again because it only never, takes you, a few seconds. You never yep. know. It only takes a few seconds, and, it, and this is how you get new audience yeah. members to, to listen to your podcast. Yes, yeah, he, he does some really... Smart things. Uh, clearly, he has this figured out how to how to do this and make money at it, which I thought was interesting. He does run quite a few ads, yeah. so there, there's a lot of advertising in this. But his main money, his source of income on this, clearly is his deal with Podcast One Network, according to Wikipedia, a high seven figures deal. Yeah, but that's being them. paid for by advertising. I mean, he, he does an hour-long show. We often talk about an hour. So it's not a three-hour show like Joe Rogan. Right. He pushes it typically over an hour. Sometimes it'll go an hour and a half. I've seen yeah. some that are 50 minutes. But yeah. for the most part, you're looking at an hour. He can fit in an ad at the beginning, an ad in the middle, and an ad at the end. And typically, he piles them on. And they're pretty good advertisers. He's got you know an insurance company. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, website development. And they're all host-read. Yeah, there was some supplements in there. You can say what yeah. you want about this kind of thing. But I think he's got the whole thing worked out as far as yeah. what, he's, what he's all about. He's obviously making money on the speaking circuit. He's obviously making money on other consulting work that he does. And he's continuing to build up his reputation on the podcast. Yeah. I think he's doing as well. Some of those ad, ads did the, uh, the – clearly they did the affiliate marketing. They went yep. – you know, go to website slash Jordan Harbinger. Yeah. Um, so, again, he's ticking all the boxes as a podcaster that you need to tick to, to make your money. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting as well that he gives away for free his 12-part networking course, and I took it. Yeah. Now, I blazed through it. I didn't do the 30-day version of it where you kind of go through and you do all the exercises, and then you come back a few days later and do the next step. I just did the speed read version, if you will, right through the 12 steps to kind of see what it was. But part of the reason I did that was I wanted to see... I was waiting for the other shoe to fall. This is a free course. At some point, he's going to try to sell me on something. Yep. And he didn't. Good. It was truly free. And at the end, all you got was a link to a one-hour video that went into more depth on some of his advice on, on networking and, and leveraging those relationships positively in both directions, right? How you're helping people and eventually they're helping you. So I thought that was great. I thought it was very wise because again, he's building a relationship yeah. first. What is he doing? He's saying, I'm giving. I'm just giving you this free advice. Here it is. No strings attached. I'm not trying to charge you with anything. I'm just giving you something in the hopes that you will listen to the show more, right? Right. I, yeah. see, I see Jordan Harbinger as a relatable, decent, humble guy who is obviously intelligent. He's now married. He's got two kids. He, he's come around to being the, the person that his audience wants to be. And I think this is going to, and he's going to see this pay dividends over the next decade. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the different formats. So you talked about the different kind of categories, topic areas, but he also does really three different formats in the show, which I thought was great. He has obviously the guest interviews and you know we, we talked about that, like the one with the pig butchering. But he also does something every Friday called Feedback Fridays, almost always uh, with one guy, uh, Jason DeFilippo. 
And literally, he solicits letters from his audience. They can write in with questions, topics they want him to dig into, and he reads the letters on air and then responds to them. So they take about an hour every Friday and do this. And I only listened to one of them, but it was really good. Yeah. I mean, this was very kind of responsive and respectful to his audience. I'm sure they cherry pick the letters that they're going to read on air. He probably gets hundreds. They did four in this particular one that I listened to. But he gave really good advice. And this is also kind of his chance to show off a little bit his own personal experiences and share things you know he's learned through you know a very interesting life, right? So he's not only just done this podcast, he has traveled all over the world. He spent time in Korea, North Korea, mm-hmm. been kidnapped twice. Yeah. He speaks five languages. He's an interesting yeah. guy. And now, he, the, he's able to do that because yeah. these come out oh, three a week schedule. But yeah. what's he doing? Yeah, two, three a week or, or more. Yeah. So he's able to do his interviews and he's able to mix in his deep dive and, and feedback Friday right. so, type of So deep dive is the third format. And generally, he does these with Gabriel Mazzari. Or Gabe, as he calls him. Gabe is a guy who also spent some time in North Korea. So he did a blog out of, or wrote a blog out of North Korea from, I think, 2011 to 2016. So that seems to be their connection. Jordan is clearly fascinated with North Korea and you know, wants to talk quite a bit about that. And even in the episode we listened to that was really about this scam thing with the pig butchering. And at the end of it, he plugged an old episode, number 84, from way back in in the first year, that was a guy who escaped from North Korea twice. (laughs) And there's a part one and a part two of that. But he plugged that episode at the end of this one, which I also thought was an example of, of him being very smart about taking some time in his episodes to plug other episodes. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. He escaped the police. He had a run with secret police in China. I mean, this guy just has an absolutely amazing sense of survival and story. And that's episode 84 with Charles Rue, Confessions of a North Korean Escape Artist, part one and part two, episode 84 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Make sure you check it out. So not only does he plug his free course uh, that you can take, but he also plugs other episodes that you might find. If you found this one interesting, you might find this other one interesting. And, and I thought that was good because it also keeps his, you know, his content kind of relevant. Yeah. I Between this starter package thing and the promotion at the end and the way yeah. he links them, I, I just think he does an enormously good job of that. I yes. Guess. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a very, very interesting aspect of how he promotes the show yeah. is he gets a lot of folks going back and listening to older episodes that he's done. Apple puts dates on them, but on his website, there's no date. So you don't feel like you're listening to something that's that's dated per se, yeah. right? It's just a – and because they come out so quickly, I don't think you feel like they're um, yeah. they're outdated anyway. I wanted to talk a bit about the artwork because I really enjoyed the artwork on this podcast. Okay. So recently, they take the photograph of the person being interviewed and then they run it through a really simple – software that just turns it into more like a drawing. But oh, it's yeah. really quite powerful and it's it's nicer than just taking a photo. I think the other person that where they get the image back 
things. Oh, I, it makes them look good. And then they can use that to promote the, the fact that they were on the Jordan Harbinger show. By the way, and Jason, who he does the, the Feedback Friday ones with, he's also a creator and co-host of Grumpy Old Geeks. So he has his own podcast also. And he also works with Tim Ferriss and a handful of other shows. So he's a pretty well-established guy in this industry and comes from a very technical background. He was a web developer and apparently uh, even won some award for a website that he either designed or built, but he's done work for Paramount, Sony, Warner Brothers, Disney on the tech side before he got into podcasting. So, so Jason's a pretty interesting guy himself. And Gabe, too, still does a lot of other work. He's a writer uh, and a screenwriter, I guess, now as well. So he's got some interesting people around him. He refers to his wife regularly. Yeah. She is part of the team, a producer. So she helps with the podcast. So I think that's great that he's got this kind of core group around him that are clearly people he really enjoys. And they're Except for Jen. Jen is not on air. I, at least I haven't heard her on air. But these other two are on very regularly. You know, and that's good. You need that sounding no, I, board. I think this yeah. is what young men are looking for. Nice, decent men that are willing to talk about the things that they're interested in. You know, These podcasts are meeting a need that is not being met yeah. by the mainstream media. As a young man, I think you know there's things for you, whether it's entrepreneurship or maybe the China, the conspiracy theory stuff. There's a mixture of things for people. He's very humble. He does he does come across as a, a right-leaning centrist is what he referred to himself. Okay. Um, even though some people think he's some crazy leftist, he says he's not. <laughs> so I think he lays it out there as far as what he is and who he is. And so people know what they're going to get from, from Jordan Harbinger. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I did listen to a talk he did. Uh, he was on a panel at the podcast movement 2022 this year's conference you know he was very well spoken he's a good guy and he seems to support the industry wants to help other podcasters generally helpful to almost anybody and apparently he reads almost all the email he gets so he puts out an email address there jordan at jordanharbinger.com and if you write to him he tries to respond so, you know, I love that, that he's not gotten so big and famous. Maybe he'll respond to us. I think there's a possibility there that we could get some response from, uh, from his team, because I think that they're doing a great job. Yes. All right. Well, I think we have covered it. That was our review of The Jordan Harbinger Show. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Eric Byron and Michael Kerr. Thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Take care. Thanks. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. <laughs>